The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter in the guest co-host chair, my friend, Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea. Works for Channel 5 in Memphis, formerly a staffer of the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports, which is the website that I write for. And today's guest on Talk of Champions, Trey Draper, coaches at IMG Academy, home of one Matthew Morrell, who signed with Ole Miss on Wednesday after committing on Saturday. Both Sudu and myself were there in Memphis for the commitment ceremony of Matthew Morrell. I'm sure we'll talk about that at length. But first, Sudu, what's up, man? How you doing? Benjamin, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. You know Glenn Boyce is uh, 25 likes on his Facebook page? Oh, no. Where are we going with this? Well, Ben, uh, I don't know if you've seen, but the Office of the Chancellor page, which is pretty much like, you know, the President of the United States for Ole Miss, uh, that Twitter page is now inactive, apparently. It says, this account is no longer active. Please visit Facebook.com slash UMChancellor and follow University of Mississippi Chancellor Glenn Boyce. What? Yeah, they're not using Twitter. They're they're gonna communicate strictly through Facebook. Where has Glenn Boyce been? I went to the exhibition game for Mississippi College. I went to the Arkansas State game. Went to Norfolk State on Tuesday night. I didn't say anything on Tuesday, but I definitely said something on Friday. It's the opener for Ole Miss basketball, and I was talking to Keith Carter and a number of different Ole Miss officials down there in the media room. And I said, "Where's Glenn Boyce? Where is he?" And everyone said he was there, that they saw him. I don't know if Glenn Boyce really exists. And now this Twitter account has been shut down. Everything's going through Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, he's got one comment on his first post, one like on his second post, and he uh, reshared a message from Matt Corral for Veterans Day, which probably should have some likes on it. only has one like. Yeah, here's the problem with that. <laughs> Matt Cross probably leaving at the end of the year. I want to write a book. I really do. I want to write a book called Where is Glenn Boyce and track his movements. Ever since he I, was announced as Ole Miss's chancellor, the face of this university, who's seen him? I haven't seen him. You might be able to make a Facebook page called Where is Glenn Boyce that has more likes than his, his account right now. Since this Twitter account has been deactivated, let's make a new Twitter account. And the Twitter account will be very simple. 
Did you see Glenn Boyce on campus today? <laughs> or was Glenn Boyce seen on campus today? And it's a simple yes or no Twitter account. November 12th, yes. November 13th, no. November 14th, yes. <laughs> Where is Glenn Boyce? It's the most bizarre thing. We all know the process was a sham. Let's just acknowledge it and call it what it is. It was a sham. And now that he is the public face, he is the guy, put yourself out there. Where are you? You sure as hell haven't given back the consulting fee or donated it to the Oxford Ole Miss whatever university fund. Where is Glenn Boyce? I don't think that's going to happen, Ben. <laughs> I think this man is keeping his money and staying under the radar. I appreciate the hustle. I can't honestly say I wouldn't keep the money, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was a part of a sham process and if I got gonna, paid, yeah, if you're going to be corrupt, you might as well go all in. I agree. I'm Absolutely. not saying Glenn Boyce is corrupt. I never said that. The process, though. The process right? was corrupt, and Glenn Boyce was party to that process. He's not corrupt. The process was corrupt. I don't know Glenn Boyce because I don't know where he is. Seems like a nice guy to me. Oh, man. Getting off Twitter to go to Facebook. Where do all boomers live right now? <laughs> Facebook. I remember when Facebook first started. I remember going on Facebook in college and thinking, wow, what a great place to just talk to your friends and talk to hot girls and look at hot pictures. And then it became just an endless stream of boomer venting and memes. A lot of minion memes. And a lot of uh, Russian troll content, as we learned. Yes. My favorite, though, is the minions memes. Who likes minions? Seven, my seven-year-old daughter, Gracie, she likes minions. It's not like my seven-year-old daughter who does not have a Facebook account and, by God, will not have a Facebook account. She will probably never have one. No, know? she can have one if it's her choice once she's able to consent no, no, to I'm, having I'm one. It will, I don't think her generation will be using Facebook the way ours there, did. Yeah, there will be something else. Oh, this is just totally throwing me for a loop. I had so much I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and Sudu brings this to my attention as I'm we sorry. sit down. Oh God! It's the first thing I noticed this morning, and I, I had to, I had to bring it up. If you or anyone talk of champions listener know the whereabouts of Glenn Boyce, please contact Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. I have no idea where this man is. I don't even know if he's real. I don't know about Glenn Boyce. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Wednesday was the first day of the early signing period for basketball. Ole Miss signed Matthew Morrell. You and I were both in Memphis on Saturday for that announcement. Had a nice little reunion, did myself and Sudo. Matthew Morrell, a big-time prospect, number 43 in the country. Got Trey Draper, who coaches him at IMG. He was at that announcement ceremony to talk in-depth about Matthew Morrell, the prospect, and uh, what it means for Ole Miss. But you're an Ole Miss grad. You went to Ole Miss. You contributed to the Ole Miss spirit or were a staffer for the Ole Miss spirit. What do you make now covering Ole Miss in Memphis or covering Memphis in general and seeing Ole Miss in Memphis of the recruiting momentum they might have. It seems like Ole Miss is pretty hot right now. No, it's it's really, really good. Um, and Matthew Morell is a kid that I've watched for about two, three years now. And from the get-go, I mean, he was super impressive. Um, he, he grew, I mean, his size, his game has evolved, and I think it's going to keep getting better. Uh, just an absolute monster, just super explosive player. Just he, I mean, he's known for these highlight dunks. That's kind of what we know him for. But I'm sure Trey has told you that his game is growing still. He's a guy that for a long time, Penny Hardaway was very much going after. Uh, every Memphis fan was super excited about Matthew Morrell going to his games. 
I remember being in a gym one time. It was, I can't remember who Whitehaven was playing where Matthew was playing at the time. Kermit shows up, sits down. And then two minutes later, Penny Hardaway and Tony Madlock walk in and they literally sit next to each other with like a chair kind of like separating them. And they never spoke to each other once. And I, uh, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And so I told one of my friends who knows Penny, I said, Hey, go ask Penny, uh, if he knows who Kermit Davis is and that he's sitting right next to him. And, uh, he goes to Penny and he's like, um, so, Hey, you know, you realize Kermit Davis is sitting next to you. Right. And Penny was like, who, I don't care if he wants to say something to me, you can come talk to me. And I was like, this is incredible. I'm witnessing something that's crazy. They were both there for Matthew Morrell. And so Kermit ended up getting him. I know Memphis ended up pulling out on Morrell. Uh, kind of at the end, but this is a guy that a program like Memphis was going after. So this is a huge, huge gift for Ole Miss. And it's big right now for anyone to come into Memphis and get any talented kid. That voice you hear is Sudo Upadea. He works for Channel 5 in Memphis. This is Talk of Champions. Before we really get going here, let me tell you about my bookie and Impact by Ironwood. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000 right now, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code TOC, TOC for Talk of Champions, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code TOC to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Obis at Memphis, Saturday, November 23rd. That just adds another layer to that game for me. I asked Trey about the whole Memphis angle. What happened with Memphis and Matthew Morrell? And Trey didn't divulge anything. Just said, it is what it is. It's done. I understand that. He's close to the process. He doesn't want to give anything away. He just wants to be a consultant for his kids and give them the best advice possible. He's been through this. He knows how this thing goes. Also, the first cousin to Tariqo White is Trey Draper. So um, another angle that'll be fun when he comes on the Modern Woodman phone line here shortly. But from your reporting, your sourcing, what happened with Memphis and Matthew Moreau? I just think Memphis right now is in on a lot of kids that are a little higher, uh, I guess, ranked. Uh, and evaluated, you know, Matthew was one of those guys that kind of blew up towards the end of the year last year. And that's where the hype kind of started was like, okay, he's a Memphis kid. He's really, really good. You know, Memphis should go after him. And they did for a little bit, but in the end, I think Penny's just in on some, some bigger prospects that he, I think realistically thinks he can land. 
And so it just becomes an issue of having spots and, you know, who to give those spots to. So that's kind of what happened. But here, you know, one more thing about Matthew is getting Matthew helps uh, Ole Miss in terms of Kennedy Chandler, who you and I both spoke to on Saturday. And his best quote from Saturday was, you know, I was down. I only had like two or three offers and Kermit Davis offered me. I'll never forget that is what he said. He said that was really, really special to me because it helped me realize that I'm not like I shouldn't be down on myself. I'm actually a valuable prospect. And of course, he was wearing that giant Ole Miss wristband uh, on top of some other schools. But that plays well as Matthew and Kennedy are good friends. So pretty big deal, Ben. Hmm. Who got that quote out of Kennedy Chandler? Do we want to talk about the question that was asked? Oh, it was messy. It was messy. It had been a long day. <laughs> I was all over the place that day. I will say this, though. Matthew Morrell was number 43 in the country. Now, I think what really bothered Matthew, and you can confirm or deny this, Penny didn't get serious about him until he blew up, until he became such a big deal in Memphis. Ole Miss was in on Matthew from day one from jump, and they never backed off. Full staff Matthew made him a priority. Penny is star chasing. That's what he's doing. And Matthew didn't fit the criteria of what Penny wants. Penny wants to be like John Calipari. He wants to be like Coach Krzyzewski. Any of the top 20, Penny wants to feel like he can go get them. I don't think it should be forgotten that also Matthew plays for Team Thad. There is some rivalry in AAU. Yeah, so that was obviously the big deal uh, before Penny took over at Memphis was Team Thad and Team Penny were sort of the big rivals in town. Thad being Under Armour at the time, Penny being on the Nike circuit. And Penny just kind of, when he, when he came back in town and started really putting his all into his AAU team, he took the best talent around uh, for his team. And, you know, obviously in, in a city like Memphis, rivalries thrive anyways. So it was a, it was a big deal. And, and when Penny got to Memphis, he finally sort of, they, they squashed the beef a little bit because Penny got Thad's top point guard, Tyler Harris, to come yeah. to Memphis and play for him. And now that relationship has actually gotten better to the point that now Team Thad is a Nike AAU team. And so a lot of that has been squashed. But yes, at the time, that that rivalry was strong. And for some people, it may still be alive. You know what I mean? So that definitely plays a part, for sure. Well, the deal with Matthew is nice as he is, and when you speak to him, he's such a good kid. He's hyper-competitive. And he feels like, at least in my brief interactions with him, he feels like a not in terms of his basketball game, but the attitude of a Kobe, a Michael Jordan, can be really petty and hold on to things. And I don't think it sat well with him that Penny approached his recruitment process early in what he felt was the wrong way, not the least of which was the um, rivalry aspect of his AAU team. Yeah, I think I think to a degree for sure. I mean, because it, it, it was very clear. I mean, Morell was always kind of a name. I mean, when I when I would go to these games to watch East High School, which of course had James Wiseman on it, Whitehaven would always play before that. You know what I mean? Like it was like a showcase where you would go to watch Matthew Morell and uh, Whitehaven had this giant kid whose name I forget. He was actually not that great at basketball, but he was a prospect to a degree. And so you would go watch them. But East was always the main game. It was the one after Whitehaven played. And you would go watch Morell and be like, this guy's pretty impressive. He's pretty good. But it was towards the end of the season when, when Whitehaven actually beat East and they beat James Wiseman. And, and you started seeing Matthew Morell just getting these crazy dunks and these really nice deep threes. And you're like, man, this guy's good. That's when that, that interest for Memphis started coming in, where Penny started kind of going after him a little bit harder. So in the end, listen, Ole Miss got a great, great kid who I think has a really, really, really high ceiling. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to be a one and done or a two year player. Like I think he'll be around for at least three years. And he's someone that Kermit Davis can really build this class on being his first commitment for the class of 2020. I mean, you start out with a Matthew Morell, there is potential for it to grow now off of this. Here's my thing about Matthew Morell, and I don't want to spoil the Trey Draper interview too much. This is the last Trey Draper spoiler I'll have. When I went and interviewed Matthew one-on-one, I said, hey, man, Ben Garrett, um, I'm going to be covering you for the next two, three, four years at Ole Miss. And he said, might be only one. The kid believes <laughs> he's going in there. And he said it with a smile. He didn't say it like some cocky asshole. He said it with a smile. But that's the kind of competitor Ole Miss is getting. Want. That's what you want. You want a guy Absolutely. that believes like a Tariko White. <laughs> Tariko, quite honestly, wanted to leave after his freshman year at Ole Miss. He stayed, left after sophomore year. But these are the type of players that come from Memphis. There's that competitiveness because Memphis, similar to – the black tops of New York in Memphis, the basketball culture of Memphis is hyper competitive. They want to one up each other. You see it every day. It means something, man. It really does. I mean, basketball, it's called hoop city for a reason. This city thrives on basketball. And most importantly, like Memphis tiger basketball is the biggest thing in this city, the biggest sport. Yeah, I have the Grizzlies, but it's the Tigers. It's always been here after that. It's high school basketball. Then it's the football stuff. When Memphis basketball is at its height, at its peak, the high school basketball scene is even better because these kids are fighting to go play there. You know, they want they want to go play for the city's team and win there. And so everybody's very competitive and they have these showcases, city tournaments, district tournament. I mean, there's so many levels of of basketball here. It's it's incredible. So you're absolutely right. That definitely plays a role because you see one guy getting attention. Another guy's like, wait, I'm better. You know, I should get attention. If you love hoops, this is the place to be. Yeah, and I love college basketball, man. Yes, you do. God, I love can we Can basketball. we talk about how big of a deal Win Case was on this? Oh, my this God. Okay, first of all, I, I cannot in good conscience start this conversation without prefacing by saying Win Case is a very good buddy of mine. I think the world of that dude, one of the most genuinely good people I've ever had the pleasure of covering in my years of covering Ole Miss basketball, football, or baseball. Just a delightful dude. But nice as he is and personable and all those nice things, he's a bulldog recruiter, and he absolutely, absolutely. attacked Matthew Morell's recruitment. They full-staffed it. I mean, you saw Kermit, Levi, Ronnie, Wynn. They were all there to see Matthew Morell countless times. Yep. But when push came to shove, it started with Wynn, and Wynn uh, absolutely that, that's a went That's name that I consistent, or constantly heard during, during the recruitment. Wynn Case was here, or something about Wynn Case. You know, just – you could tell he was very hands-on in, in recruiting Matthew. That's why when I interviewed him, I said, what is that relationship like? I started off by saying win case because I, I feel like that they're close. You know what I mean? Yes. He develops that relationship with his players. You go out to practice right now, it's the same kind of thing. He's not much of a yeller in practice. I mean, Kermit is hard-nosed now. Don't get it twisted. Kermit in practice is tough, and it's going to fit Matthew Morell really well. But win is – the good cop to whenever Kermit is a bad cop. You don't see Wynn getting too high, too low, too much. He's a former head coach, still has aspirations to be a head coach again. He said that on this podcast over the summer. But Wynn, in his current role at Ole Miss, he's a father figure to so many of these kids. And the way he handles them and treats them, he treats them like adults, but they can confide in him. They can talk to him. And he's got that personality to where you trust him when you speak to him. It's hard not to like win case when you talk to him. And in recruiting, that sells 
especially with parents. And Matthew Morell's parents are straight up people. His mother, a delightful person. His dad, same thing. His dad got emotional standing up before Matthew made his announcement. Got emotional. Couldn't even finish his sentence. He was so proud. And yep. a guy like Win Case plays so well with parents like that because you trust that they're going to take care of your kid. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was very – that was a sweet moment with his dad. He could, he could barely finish the sentence. It really was, man. It, it shows you how much it means to them. And I know Trey's coming up on the show later. I, you know, going to IMG I think does even more for, for these kids. I know some people have problems with schools like IMG. They think it's sports first. But when you're talking about preparing a kid to go play football at the next level in college where – it pretty much is. It's your it's your full time job, despite that you not getting paid. Um, different story, but um, <laughs> you know it it prepares you for the next level. So I think that's that's a that's a good move for Matthew to go there and having a guy in trade that he knows, the family knows, a Memphis guy helping him through that process. Big deal. I think the kid's going to be prepared when he shows up. Before we jump to Trey, give me the Cliff Notes version. If I'm a person who hasn't really paid attention to the James Wiseman stuff. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Give me the Cliff Notes version of what's going on here. We'll get right back to Suda Upadea of Channel 5 in Memphis and former Ole Miss Spirit staffer after I tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Don't look now, but the holiday season is almost upon us. That special time of year to spend with family and friends, and that includes spoiling your loved ones. And what better way to spoil them than with a new car? Now, the car buying process, no one loves it. That's why the only place to go, the only place I've ever gone, is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. And there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Sinatobia, Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And that means you can expect to learn all of the features of the specific new Ram 1500, 2500, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, Dodge Charger, or Chrysler Pacifica you're interested in in the market for a used car. Their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory. And when the time comes for you to drive home your next car, their auto finance team is standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. Alan Samuels of Oxford truly has every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how they can best serve you. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Okay, here we go. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So James Wiseman, right? The number one player in the country a year ago. This kid, he used to play for Nashville Innsworth, the private school in Nashville, right? But he started playing AAU basketball for Penny Hardaway. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it was the summer of 2017, maybe. Um, and so what Penny ends up doing is James's sister goes to Memphis. So Penny says, well, you know, we have a good relationship through AAU. Why don't you come play for me at East High School? Uh, James wants to play for Penny because he wants his game to grow. So Penny helps James's family move to Memphis. Now, the story is Pe James did not know of this payment. He just gives it to his mom, as most of these things go, right? You don't involve the kids in things like this. He gives James's mom $11,000 to move from Nashville to Memphis so James could play high school basketball for Penny. At the time, Memphis had just hired Tubby Smith. There was just no 
idea that Penny or anybody thought that Penny Hardaway would be the head coach of Memphis in a couple of seasons. They hired Tubby Smith because Tubby Smith won a national championship and they thought that he would be uh, at Memphis until he retires. So, you know, at the time there was really no NCAA violation at all, or as it would seem, because Penny Hardaway was a high school and AAU coach. He gave some money to a high school kid to move to Memphis. Seems like no problems, right? Penny does that for a lot of people in this community, gives money because he has it. He's an NBA star. But what had happened was Penny had donated around $11 million to the university back in 2008 to establish a athletics hall of fame building. Because he did that, the NCAA says, you're a booster. And the NCAA's definition of booster is so undefined. It's just a broad definition. You could give a dollar in 2004 and you would still be a booster in 2014, according to their definition. It's so broad, it's kind of hard to enforce. At the time Penny gave that donation to the university, James was, I think, two years old. So what the NCAA has done is the Tigers' second game of the season, before James played that, or a few days before that, the NCAA came to Memphis and said, hey, James Wiseman is likely ineligible because of Penny being a booster, him giving James money to move to Memphis, and now James playing for Penny at Memphis. But what's even crazier, and Ole Miss fans, you know how the NCAA works, the NCAA actually approved James or cleared him to play knowing that Penny had given him that $11,000 back in May. Memphis had made that clear to them. Hey, there was a payment made back in high school. We just wanted to tell you guys this. And what the NCAA did was they cleared it, and then they came back and said, even though we, we may be wrong in this and we've cleared him, we're not going to go back on our work. He can play. And then they pulled the rug out from under him before the second game of the season. So what James did was he hired two of the best lawyers – in the Mid-South, or really in the South, Leslie Ballin being the biggest one, and Steve Faris, who I'm sure everybody's familiar with as well in, in this area. That's right. He hires them, and he says, screw the NCAA. I'm going to play. So he gets a temporary restraining order from a, from a Shelby County judge. So now James is able to play for a couple of weeks until a hearing with the NCAA in court happens. Now, this is going to be a mess from what I can tell because the NCAA is going to try to get this hearing moved because it's in Shelby County right now. They don't want it to be here. Of course they don't. They never want that. That's the first thing that they motion against. Yep. The amount of possibilities in this thing are ridiculous. I mean, you could see a situation where this thing drags on through the end of the NCAA tournament, which James would be able to play most likely until then. He just would have to keep getting these injunctions, uh, which eventually they could strip all the wins from Memphis, no matter how far Memphis goes give them uh, you know, sanctions for going against them, or it could be a situation where they take it to a federal court and federal court says, no, you clearly broke NCAA rules and the NCAA either suspends James a certain amount of games or makes him pay money back. There's so many possibilities right now. It's remarkable. And you have lawyers that are against the NCAA that have won some cases against the NCAA that are saying, this is a great move that Memphis is doing. They can topple the NCAA by this. Then there's other people who actually understand college sports and have covered it for years that are saying, why is Memphis doing this? They should have just sat James and applied for reinstatement. I mean, it is nuts, Ben, what's happening here. What's going to happen is James Wiseman and his entire legal team is going to drag <laughs> this out so long with the NCAA that the year will go by, he will have played the whole year, and then he's going to the NBA. That's it. And then after that, you know, who knows whether they strip wins or they give sanctions. The biggest thing for me right now. No is one cares about vacated no, wins. 
Yeah, no one nobody cares. It happened, right? If it happened, it happened. I remember. Like they try to take that old miss one away from Alabama back in 2015 or whatever it was. That game happened. We I remember I remember that game. I was there. Um so nobody cares about the vacating wins part. But the biggest thing is people are pushing back. Listen, everybody wants to see James Wiseman on the floor. There's too much money to be made. You mean to tell me the NCAA doesn't want the number one projected NBA lottery pick to be on the floor come March? You know how much money there is to be made by watching a guy that everybody thinks is going to be the number one overall pick? Their entire model is making as much money for themselves as possible, Ben. So to me, it's, it's hard to believe that James Wiseman will not play at any point this season. He's and especially playing. he's playing. He's playing. You look at the conference at the American athletic conference and named him their player of the week and, and made it very clear, you know, what side they were choosing. At least it would appear so on their, on their social media account on uh on what was that? I think it was on Monday. Everybody, everybody wants to see this kid play college basketball. Yeah. I just feel like it'll probably drag on and we will see James play. So according to Gary Parish at Gary Parish CBS on Twitter, in response to the James Wiseman situation, Tennessee State Senator Brian Kelsey tells Gary he will today add language, and today be November 12th was when this tweet went out, add language to his California style bill so that no Tennessee public university may discriminate against a player based on a donation to the university by a coach. This is big. And you had David Kustoff, another uh, Tennessee uh, guy in the Senate or House. I forget. He's a politician here in Tennessee who, who'd come out and basically said, let James play. I mean, this is a bipartisan issue that everybody is on the same side on this. The NCAA, pretty, no matter what happens with James Wiseman, their entire model is about to be screwed. And yeah. they, are, they are holding on for dear life. They're trying to, oh, we're going to enforce this James Wiseman thing. They're trying to be the tough guys right now because they're being attacked from every which way. But it's not going to happen, man. Everybody on both sides of the aisle, this is becoming a political thing now, supports the players. If only Ole Miss had been, I don't know, Alabama, Kansas. Name a blue blood in whatever sport. Duke in basketball, Alabama in football. Had Alabama or Kansas gotten the treatment that Ole Miss got during its NCAA investigative process, all of this stuff that's happening now, the pushback would have happened a hell of a lot sooner. Instead, because it was Ole Miss, oh, Ole Miss is the devil. $11,500 is what Penny paid James to move from Nashville to Memphis in two NOAs that took six years for the NCAA to put together. $16,000 in total in inducements, including Laramie Tunsil sleeping on a couch, keeping out a loaner car a little too long, and Austin Golson, who left Ole Miss to go to Auburn, hunting on land that wasn't his, belonging to a booster. And they counted all of that as inducements in order to slam Ole Miss. And slam Ole Miss they did. It's a joke. Ole Miss fought the NCAA in court, not officially through the Rebel Rags case, but even that has been dragged on and on and on to where Rebel Rags is still in a legal fight with the NCAA to protect itself. It's not officially standing up for Ole Miss. It's trying to protect its own business. And the NCAA, its entire defense is to delay, delay, delay as long as it possibly can in order to protect its backwards model that everyone can now see as being the flawed farce that it is. But just imagine if Ole Miss had not been Ole Miss 
Imagine if had it been Alabama or Kansas or Duke. How do you think it would have been treated? You had Seth Davis, national media member, writing over the weekend that Penny made a mistake. He made a mistake. And yet, during Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case, Dan Walken, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, on and on. Ole Miss cheated its balls off. Ole Miss deserves the hammer. Ole Miss did this, this, and this. It doesn't matter that the NCAA went and coerced testimony out of a rival player in Leo Lewis at Mississippi State who took money from LSU and State and admitted it on record in order to punish Ole Miss. Nothing wrong with that. James Wiseman gets less than $5,000 compared to the $16,000 in inducements to Ole Miss from Penny himself. Penny made a mistake. It's all because it's Ole Miss. And you wonder why then, fan of another school or whatever, why Ole Miss feels like it's selective punishment from the NCAA. And if you're not a true on blue blood, you get treated differently. You do. It's it's inconsistent. And even even with that, I mean, there's there's programs that are high, that get treated differently than Memphis because Memphis has been screwed by the NCAA before. But sure, with like, Derrick Rose, they got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talk about the Ole Miss situation. I remember a couple of years ago when, or a few years, I guess now when, uh, you know, DJ Fluker and Tyler Bray and Fletcher Cox and Chad Bumpus, remember all these guys, they, they were pretty much, it was proven that they were paid by their schools. That's Tennessee, Mississippi state and Alabama <laughs> yeah. and nothing. There's no bowl ban for them. No. I no. mean, Mississippi state and Tennessee, I think got put on probation, Alabama. I don't think anything happened to them. Most recently but- Mississippi state, had widespread academic fraud, a tutor setting up and taking tests for football players. Willie Gay, a former Ole Miss target in recruiting, had tests taken for him. Academic fraud across the board. And the NCAA said, "Ah, suspend him when you want to suspend him. And they selectively did Mississippi State suspend these players for games that they either A, weren't going to win anyway, or B, were cupcakes. All you heard from Steve Robertson and all of those Mississippi State crazy people who think Ole Miss is just the cheating, awful teddy bears was that, oh, yeah, well, it might only have been $16,000 in inducements, but what about the academic fraud with David Saunders in 2008 under Houston Nutt being punished 10 years later for Houston Nutt and David Saunders in academic fraud? You had academic fraud, and you didn't get anything but a slap on the wrist. And you think Ole Miss got off light? Oh, man. Listen, they they talk about the David Saunders thing. How many state players were suspended for this thing? Was it 13? Yeah. Some huge number. Double-digit number. number, And they got to pick and choose the game. I think the NCAA said, well, we we think we should let them choose because – there are injury concerns. You know, if, if 13 players are out, then, you know, it puts other people at risk of injury and if there, there's going to be depth issues. I mean, it was the dumbest thing I'd ever Yeah, heard. and with Ole Miss, there's no depth issues by allowing kids to, because of these penalties that you placed on Ole Miss, to leave and transfer without penalty. Van Jefferson, Trey Nixon, Shea Patterson, who cares about Shea, a number of players, and you had coaches, opposing coaches, like Jim Harbaugh, flying into Oxford Airport and going to eat with Shea Patterson at IHOP to recruit him to Michigan while Ole Miss is in season. That's why Shea's not good, man. He took him to IHOP, man. That's it. His meals 
they they add up, man. Should have gone they to Waffle up. House. Should have should have gone to Big Bad Breakfast. Support a local business. Come on, man. Something. <laughs> Listen, it's look, I'm not here to pick on different schools or say you're right or you're wrong. If it's academic fraud, I think you should be punished. That's the one thing I think you should be punished for. But they don't do it. They don't, they don't do it. It's selective. You look, at, you look at North Carolina. They they lawyered up and said, screw you. And yeah. North Carolina's case was, yeah, we created fake classes, but it was available for all students, not just athletes. And they got away with it. They said, that's fine. Okay. Sorry. Our that's where Ole Miss screwed up. See, this is the real learning moment for Ole Miss. And I know that all involved with that NCAA process, Ross Bjork, Hugh Freeze, whoever. Hugh Freeze tried to kind of do it with Mike Sheridan, but Hugh Freeze was already He did it the wrong way. He did it the wrong way, yeah. The one guy that, I mean, Hugh Freeze did it the wrong way. You don't try to fight Mike Sheridan, man. Just play it smarter. Yeah, you shut up and you let your legal team and your administrators handle it. But Ross Bjork and all of those guys – under direction of a Dan Jones, of the nerd that followed Dan Jones, whose name will no longer be spoken on this podcast, they said cooperate. Lee Tyner said cooperate. You want to cooperate with the NCAA because that will mitigate your penalties. Bullshit. It will not it, mitigate your penalties. Look at what happened in Missouri. Yes. They cooperated, and they got a bull ban for nothing. So what have we learned? Don't cooperate. Only in the NCAA is the presumption you are guilty. You have to prove your innocence. You're not innocent until proven guilty like in the American judicial court system. No, you are guilty. You have to prove your innocence. So screw them. It's Ole like Miss a mafia, is, dude. The yeah. NCAA to me is a mafia. It yes. is a corrupt, corrupt mafia. And at the end of the day, I look, you can say whatever about Memphis. I know that people in my station, we interviewed Jeff Goodman. We talked to Gary Parrish. We talked to all these people and everybody said, we don't know why Memphis just didn't, you know, these cases, like they don't usually work for the schools. We don't know why Memphis just didn't suspend James and apply for reinstatement and served an 11 game, you know, suspension. And he would have been back in time for conference play. Cause he'd have Look, never that, been back. They'd have kept him out for the year. That might be, yeah, it might be considered smart, but the more you fight the NCAA, the better right now. So this is fine. This is completely fine with me. I, I don't care about, like I said, the only thing to me punishable that I want the NCAA to punish people on is academic fraud. I, I don't want you to say you're going to class and actually not going to class and getting those benefits just because you're an athlete. But the payments and the blah, 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 whatever, man. Come on. Stop. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Austin Golson should be able to go hunting with a booster. Laramie Tunsil should be able to get money to play at Ole Miss. He should be able to sleep on any friggin' couch he wants to sleep on. This is outrageous. Come on. Uh-huh. These are not immoral issues, Ben. I miss Sudo every day. Sleeping on a coach's couch is not immoral. We used to do this podcast every day together, and this is what would happen. We did not prepare at all for what we were going to talk about <laughs> in this podcast. And look where it's oh, gotten goodness. to. Yeah, it was inevitable. All right, so Trey Draper, huh? Yeah, Good Trey's guy. coming up right now on the Modern Women phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe to it. Review Talk of Champions in iTunes, also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And please, when you do leave that review in iTunes, make sure it's five stars. It helps me out. It's a great service to your friend, Ben. You don't have to be nice to me. You can say I suck. As long as it's five stars, help me pay my He's bills. He's renovating his house. Come on. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, in the field of 247 Sports. How can the people follow you and read your stuff or watch your stuff? Well, uh, if you're a Facebook person, uh, I do have a Facebook page, and it's verified. Okay, for, Boomer. For all of you. 
Are you are you Glenn Boyce? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not gonna say that. Yeah, but you can find me on Facebook at Sudu Upadea. You can literally type in Sudu, you'll find me. Uh, Twitter, same thing at Sudu Upadea, and then on Instagram for any uh, younger listeners, if we have those at Sudu TV. Some uh, some good whoa, content. Whoa, 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 whoa! We have a very young Talk of Champions audience. Chill out. Do we? Do we? Yes. Hey, shout out, shout out to the coach at uh, at Houston that spoke to me on the sidelines the other day. He was, uh, I think he's their offensive coordinator, young guy. I think he went to Ole Miss. He approached me and he said, "Hey, man, I, I listened to you uh, on the on the Ole Miss Spirit podcast." There you go. That was, that was very nice of him. Trey Draper coming up right now, and he joins us on the Modern Women phone line. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me now. IMG coach Trey Draper, former Memphis Tiger, but more importantly, for these Ole Miss purposes, he coached Matthew Morrell, four-star, number 43 in the country, according to the 247 Sports, the highest-ranked commitment in Ole Miss basketball history since the inception of recruiting rankings. Trey knows all about him. Trey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Man, I appreciate you having me. Thanks again. Tell me about Matt. You've been with him. You've coached him. You've seen the development What's been the growth in Matthew Morell over the course of the last couple of years? Man, he's he's a, first of all he's a phenomenal young man. He comes from a phenomenal family. Um, Gladys and Carl have done have done tremendous things with Matthew um, off the court. He's one of the, I mean, he's a stand up guy. You know, he's one of the hardest working young men I've ever been around. And you know, I don't say that I don't say that often. Uh, he has a four point three GPA, and a twenty seven on ACT. So. I mean, Rebel fans, they're getting a good one, man. I just, I just, I'm, I'm excited for him, and I'm, I'm glad that he got it over with. I think that's a burden off his shoulders. His recruitment had so many twists and turns. For a while there, it could have been Vanderbilt after Jerry Stackhouse hired his former high school coach. It could have been Auburn. It could have been Texas. What was the time in which Ole Miss really rose to the top for him? Do you think? Um, I, I, that's a good question. I know that he, that he, that he had a, he had an outstanding time on his visit. Um, I just, you know, I've said it once before and I'll say it again. Uh, you know, I can't commend Coach Kermit Davis and his staff for the relentless pursuit of Matthew over over just, you know, the last few years, but especially that it's since his time at IMG. You know, um, this is my second year as an assistant coach down here. And, man, I had, I don't think I've ever seen, and, and this is my sixth year of coaching, and I've never seen um, – a student athlete get get full court pressed and get full staff the way that that Coach Davis and and his staff pursued Matthew. So that you know, kudos to those guys over there for the work ethic that they put into him. Obviously, in recruiting, 
every program goes after particular players, but it seemed like Ole Miss from day one made Matthew know that he was a priority. Did you get that sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. From day one, um, he received the offer. Um, I think he received the offer his 11th grade year when he was actually still in Memphis um, at Whitehaven High School. I mean, they, you know, they watched him all summer. Um, they watched him at the championship game. Uh, when he when he exploded for 33 points in Finals MVP at the Underarm Association, um, they they like I said they came down here at least, man I can say once a week, uh, if not you know once every two weeks they 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 got familiar with him, um, they didn't just recruit, you know they just didn't recruit over the phone, you know I think you always want to go somewhere where you want it and not where you want to go and you know those guys man Matthew you know he was a priority and he was the number one priority in their recruiting class. It's cliche, and coaches talk about it all the time, but you want high-character kids. Ole Miss lives by that. Kermit Davis recruits high-character kids, and you and I talked on Saturday at Matthew's announcement, and it seems like, as you mentioned, with the 4-3 GPA, the 27 ACT, and just talking to the player himself, the character aspect of Matthew Morell is going to be a really good fit for Kermit Davis and what he looks for in a particular player, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, He's a stand-up guy. I mean, he, he's, you know, it's so cliche to say that guys are always on time, that guys, you know, stay in the gym after practice or they get in before practice and get some, get up shots. But, I mean, he does those things. You know, he comes from an exceptional, exceptional family. I mean, I can't I can't express it enough, man, you know, the, the job that his family has done with him. I mean, he had over 75, 80 people at his announcement. Um, off the court, I mean, he, you know, he's the guy that, that, that opened up doors for older ladies, you know, he, you know, he allow, he helps young men and young boys and young girls in the community. I mean, he's a guy growing up in inner city Memphis that I would, that I would want to be like if I was still in school, you know what I'm saying? If I was a young kid, I would definitely look up to Matthew. He went to IMG, left Memphis to go play for you guys and get better, expand his game. I thought it was telling that he made his announcement back home and he mentioned how important it was for him to be 45 minutes down the road from his family. So his mom, his dad, they can come and watch him play at Ole Miss. That seemed like a big deal. Community, family, being close to home, and really still having that tie to Memphis seemed important. Oh, most definitely. I mean, um, you know, I'm a guy that, that stayed home, you know, for school. So, you know, I'm, I'm very family-oriented as well. Um, and, you know, his recruitment kind of reminded me of uh, of my, my first cousin, Tariko White, who um, you know, we're cousins who also went to Ole Miss. I think they, they have a similar game. Um, but one of the reasons that Tariko wanted to stay home, I mean, stay, stay close to home and, and attend Ole Miss was because of family. So, you know, and um, he, he and Matthew have, have, have worked out before. They know each other. They have similar traits. And, you know, their recruitment kind of reminded me of, of Tariko's back in the day. I covered Tariko at Ole Miss. Now you're making me feel old. But Tariko, <laughs> it was fascinating to watch him because Tariko, when he came to Ole Miss, like most kids with that kind of talent, similar to Matthew, felt like he was one and done, but he had some refinement in his game, went off against Memphis in the NIT, made the decision to leave. Um, with Matthew, it's funny. When I was interviewing him, one of the first things I said was, look, man, I'm going to be covering you throughout your Ole Miss career for the next two, three years. And Matthew laughed, looked me in the face, and said, maybe only one. This is the type of player that, while calm and polite and he gives us all, he's confident, too. Do you see him potentially as a one, two-done player? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The ceiling, 
um, his mom, his mom made mention of it when she spoke to, um, at, at his, at his recruitment, you know, we have, people have yet to see Matthew's ceiling and, I, and I'm saying that and I'm, I'm saying that as humble as possible. I mean, with his type of work ethic and with his type of, of support and the mind that he has, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to put a time frame on it, but whenever he's, whenever he's ready to go, it wouldn't, it, it would not shock me if it's after one year or if it's after two, you know, it definitely doesn't shock me, but I think, man, you guys are in for, for a treat in, um, down in Oxford. Is he a one or is he a two at the next level? He could be both. Um, I typically tell people, you know, being a coach, you are what you can guard, you know, if that makes sense. But, you know, what that simply means is you are what you can guard on, on offense which what you can guard on defense. You know, Matthew can guard a point. He can guard a two. I mean, he's strong enough and he's athletic enough to guard a three. You know, so I think he, I think he can play. He can play either one. Um, we're we're transitioning him um, to become a point guard, though. I think that if he becomes a, a natural point guard, I, I I seem to compare him to to some. I've seen Russell Westbrook flashes in him with the way he scores the ball and the way he defends and with his explosiveness. So I look forward to him playing playing a little bit of both. But I think once he fully transitions at at Ole Miss, that that he could definitely become a point guard. That's what, you know, Coach Kermit, I think he does a hell of a job putting his guys in position. So I think, you know, whatever he decides for Matthew to do, I think he'll be successful. Ole Miss has only played two games, but currently in the top ten in scoring defense in the nation and still hasn't played its best basketball. But it shows what Kermit looks for in a team. Athleticism across the board, interchangeable pieces. Matthew seems to fit that bill. But is there an area, be it, maybe a little bit more refinement defensively, outside shooting, I don't know, maybe his handle as you transition him to point guard, where you think he can get better and take his game to the next level? I think if he continues to work on his ball handling, um, I think Matthew can be a guy that can shoot 40, 43%, 44% from three. Um, you know, as far as defensively, he's, he's probably, not, and I'm, along with his, his backcourt mate, James Springer, I tell those guys every day in practice, they're the best two-way guards in the country. When I say two-way guards, I mean – but the people that don't know is just offensively and defense. You get it. You get it on both ends of the, on the floor with those guys. And you know, iron sharp as iron. And uh, man, Matthew, once he continues to define his ball handling, I mean, the, the sky's the limit for him. He he he, he could be unstoppable. We'll get right back to Trey Draper, IMG coach, the coach of Matthew Morrell, the newest Ole Miss basketball player. After this brief word on the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe you'll get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build-out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, 
open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I thought it was pretty cool, too, to see a number of other highly ranked players in attendance for his announcement ceremony, not the least of which Kennedy Chandler, a five-star point guard out of Briarcrest. Ole Miss is in on him, too. What kind of impact, recruiting-wise, do you think Ole Miss getting Matthew will mean for Ole Miss moving forward? Um, I mean, I think that's just a testimony, you know, to Matthew's character. You know, just because he's a highly ranked kid, you know, doesn't mean that people are going to support him. Um, it shows a lot about the character. It shows a lot about the friend. It shows a lot about the young man that he is off the court. But guys like 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 Kennedy Chandler, who he's played with over the years, like Cameron Matthew, who's committed to Mississippi State. Um, those are guys that are highly ranked recruits. Chris Moore was in attendance. You know, these are guys that are that are highly ranked recruits themselves, but they're friends of Matthew. And you know, just solely speaking on Kennedy, um, I mean that that could be getting Matthew could be. Could be a, a strong case and a strong start to continue to uh, to sign Kennedy in the following year, you know. So that, and I think if I know Matthew, I think he's going to fully press that issue. That's what I was going to ask you next. What kind of recruiter is Matthew Morrell? He's an awesome recruiter, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> you know, Matthew, man, I got to give him. I got to give Matthew Matthew props. Um, you know, I'm going to go on record and say that once we when we got Jalen Johnson, Matthew was the one that sealed the deal for that for Jalen Johnson to come to IMG, you know, so he showed that he can get out there and he can recruit. So whenever his, his NBA career, his professional career is over, with, I expect to hire him, you know, as one as a coach with me somewhere. I got to be honest. So I'm in that announcement room. It's packed out. Like you said, for team Thad, just all the supporters, all the family, all the friends, all the other top ranked players and everyone to a man, it seems like Ole Miss has momentum in Memphis, and it hasn't had this kind of momentum in Memphis recruiting-wise in quite some time. Do you feel it too? Oh, I definitely feel it. Coach Ronnie and I you know, have a great relationship um, dating back to his days at Houston. Um, you, know, it's, you know, I got a Coach Case with, you know, with the spearhead of, of Matthew's recruitment and you know, much respect to Levi, who, uh, who recruited Willie Atwood, when he was at our Arizona State, you know, so that the whole staff is is familiar with the city of Memphis. I mean, you know, I, I'm looking forward to what they can do and to what they can do in the city. And you know, man, I think I think those guys are, are doing a hell of a job down there recruiting in that area. 
I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. What happened with Memphis and Matthew? As in, did Penny do something? He wrote them off pretty quick. Man, I really, I honestly, I really don't know. Um, I really don't know uh, what went down with that. Um, you know, I think, I think, like I said, that's kind of water under the bridge. But you know, Matthew made the decision to go to Ole Miss, and I think, you know, I think, you know, both guys are happy for him. And you know, I, you know at the end of the day, I know, you know, Penny is rooting for Matthew, so I think that's all that matters on that end. I think we can both agree, though, that if he does get to suit up and play the Tigers, Matthew's going to have a little extra juice. Well, Matthew, he brings it. You know, he brings it every night. Um, he brings it every night. Uh, I think you know that's that's kind of one of one of the things that we preach down here is, you know, you don't get too high, you don't get too low. Matthew's one of those guys that's going to going to show up and going to bring it every night. And and I so you know, but if that if that day comes, I, I could say I definitely be I definitely be in front of a TV watching. That's what I'm saying. You're a former Memphis Tiger. You'll be split allegiance. You got Matthew on one side. You got the Tigers on another. I mean, Ole Miss and Memphis play later this month. Where are you going to be, Trey? Hey, man, I'm just I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sitting there watching. You know, at, at, <laughs> at, at this at this at this junction of my life and of my career, I I, I tend to stay neutral. Um, and that, that I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart, I want the best. Why our young men, you know, tend I really I, I tend not to get involved in their recruitment process. I'm just a consultant. I'm just a guy that they can talk to and they can always expect to get a truthful answer and a non-biased opinion. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens later in the month. Um, hey, um, you know, I like good basketball, so I'm hoping to expect a good basketball game. Tariko kind of did that to you too when he went to Ole Miss. I mean, you had to uh, put on a little red and blue. Well, you know that 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 was that was a little different. I was I was actually attempting to Rico. I, I looked up I looked up to him, man. I, I still look up to him. We spoke. I actually spoke to him with Matthew, and now he he shot me a text, and you know he and Matthew connected with each other. So you know I always rooted for Tariko just by him being my family. So you know when he when he had a hell of a game against Coach Passner and in, in the NIT and. You know, with the front page of the, of the newspaper, Angel Garcia, I actually still have that, that that picture in my house, and it's signed by my cousin. So, you know, they got me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, had to a little bit. I got to ask you, Tariko, the decision for him to leave was a tough one. He felt the pull from everyone. Some said he should have stayed in school one more year, could have been a lottery pick. He left. He was a second-round pick. What was that like? You were around it. You were right there involved with it. What was Tariko's decision process like? Honestly, I, if it was me, you know, me speaking, me speaking just personally, and this is just my opinion on it, this isn't even me talking to my cut. I feel like he could have went after his freshman year when he won freshman of the year. I feel like he could have won his freshman year. Uh, he just felt like he was ready to go. He just felt like he was ready to go out his second year. And, I mean, if he got, if I'm not mistaken, he got drafted 35. He played three or four years in the NBA. So, I think that's that's a pretty decent career. Oh, he still made a lot of money overseas too. Let's not pretend like he didn't make some bank. <laughs> you know, I don't count no, I don't count another man's pockets, but you know, I think he bought quite well for himself. <laughs> oh, one of the last things I'll let you go. When you look at Memphis recruiting and the players coming out of that town, what is it about Memphis that produces such talent? From Matthew Morell on down, what is it? I mean, where do these guys come from? Man, we play. We, you know, Memphis is, you know, and and this is not bragging. It's one of the poorest cities in the United States of America. So we come from the hunger. You know, basketball is, is quote unquote considered most of these guys' way out. So you can expect us to come from, come from the grit and come from the grind. You know, we work extremely hard. 
you know, we lay our head on the foundation of, of, of showing up, putting our hard head on and going to work every single day. That's why Matthew plays so hard. You know, his family is, is, is unbelievable. And they really, really, really support him, you know, and I think he plays with that chip on his shoulder and he wants to live up to, to, to his family name and continue to show, you know, and continue to represent for the city of Memphis. I can't remember who told me the story, but I was talking to someone on Saturday about Matthew, and I think he played with Damian Ball on Team Thad. And scouts yes, came, yes. and they saw him, and they were there for Damian, and everyone was looking around and going, who is this kid? And it was Matthew. Oh, yeah. um, I think he's been kind of underappreciated. The jump in his ranking, it's well-earned, but I do think that for a while there, people didn't know how good this player was. And I still don't think they know how good he is, honestly. Um, you know, we, we really don't pay attention to ranking. You know, I, I think, you know, they, they can go either way. But I still don't think people understand how good this young man really, really is. And I tell him that I tell him that every single day. I tell him that you have no idea how good you're going to be as long as you continue to work hard, as long as you continue to keep God first and just continue to lay your hat you know, on work at, you know, the site, the sky's the limit for him, man. I'm just blessed and I'm honored to, to really, really be a part of, of him and have an opportunity to coach him. Could have went anywhere in the country for his senior year and he chose us, so I don't take that for granted. His body can still change a little bit too, don't you think? I mean, he's grown significantly, but he can still add. Absolutely. Um, since he, since he's changed here, Matthew has gained, he's gained eight pounds. He's gained four pounds a month and his body fat has dropped 4%. Um, our strength coach, uh, UJ Johnson, you can follow him on Instagram and or Twitter, UJ Baby, to see, you know, the transformation of, of, of some of our guys and particularly Matthew. You can see you can see how his body's changed just in the, in the four months that he's been here and he's going to continue to change. I got to ask you about IMG. I said that was the last one, but you coach at IMG and it's an interesting thing because players, be it football or basketball, you see such highly ranked players leave their high schools and go to IMG. What's the pull to go there? Is it because of the structure and basically preparing you with the college schedule for what you're going to get every single day in college? Is that the biggest oh. pull for IMG? Now, that's the biggest thing. Um, you mean just being honest and, I, and honestly, we treat you like a professional. You know, there's no one, there's no one waking you, waking you up every single day. Um, you, you meet with a nutritionist when you get here. Uh, you have, you have a strength coach, you have, you have rehab, you have the athletic trainers, you have the facilities to continue to get better. Um, a lot of NFL, NBA guys, and even, even tennis, even tennis, tennis is big down here. You're sur- and you're surrounded with like-minded people. You're surrounded with people um, that's what's the most thing that's beautiful about this place. You know, you can wake up in the morning. There's there's a, there's a young lady or a young guy running around the campus at 4:35 in the morning, and you're talking about they're in middle school. So everybody here just wants to get better at their respective sport. You know, that's what makes that's what makes this place so so awesome. So when you're surrounded by 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 people that, that with the same dream and same aspiration as you, it's kind of hard not to not to step your game up a little bit. What's the expectation for IMG basketball in Matthews last year? And if we can, if we can, um, you know, if we can, we can try to do it again. We're going to try, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors that come into that. Um, but I can, I would, we're leaning on Matthew to be a leader and, and to definitely be, be a catalyst to this, to this team. And, you know, like I said, if Matthew comes to play every day, the sky's the limit for us. Trey Draper, assistant coach for IMG Academy, home of Matthew Morrell, who is now an Ole Miss Rebel. Thanks for doing this, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. I appreciate you for having me, man. I'll be looking forward to talking to you guys. So. That was Trey Draper, 
IMG assistant basketball coach, joining us on the Modern Woodman phone line to speak about Matthew Morrell, Tariko White, and Ole Miss basketball recruiting in Memphis. Ole Miss has made a rise. You heard it from Trey himself. He sees the progress Ole Miss has made. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Sudo Upadea coming back in just a second. But first, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Help me pay my bills. Talk of Champions is also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions and should be wherever you get your podcast. If we're not in a particular spot, let me know at Spirit Ben and I'll get the podcast where it needs to go. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Back with me now is Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. He works for Channel 5 in Memphis. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. Before we get out of here, Ole Miss this weekend takes on LSU. Who does Memphis got? Memphis will be on the road at Houston. Um, It's kind of a challenge a little bit. It's always a game that Memphis plays close. Uh, It's just always a fun game, Memphis and Houston. Obviously, uh, Houston's season kind of went up in smoke when when their quarterback basically said, I'm out, peaks. I'm not playing this season. I'll be back next year. Um, So it's, you know, a little tough for them uh, for that reason. Before that, this was actually one of those games that I thought Memphis would probably lose this season. Um, but, you know, obviously with, uh, what's his name? De'Eric King, right? And that is named De'Eric King. Sure. Um, with De'Eric King out, you know, it uh, it changes things up. Uh, this is the AAC where points are spread around like the Big 12. So it should be a shootout. should be fun. I think the Tigers will win. And, uh, you know, should be a good one. Ole Miss and LSU on Saturday. LSU, the top team in the country, fresh off a huge win over Alabama. Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy leading candidate. You tell me. I've talked about Ole Miss LSU enough. I don't see a path whatsoever for Ole Miss to get an upset over LSU. Do you? In what, football? (laughs) I mean, what else would I be talking about? (laughs) I don't know. You said Ole Miss LSU upset. I thought maybe there was a a tennis match or something going on this weekend. Um, No, there's no way, man. I'm sorry. They have to be somewhat somewhat competitive for me to even think that an Ole Miss against the tough opponents this year has not looked good. My biggest concern for this team is the concern everybody has for this team. They don't have a guy that can throw the football right now. Yes. John Rice Plumley, heck of an athlete. I hope he stays at Ole Miss. I like him. I like him being involved in the offense, but there's nobody to throw the ball down the field. And on the other end, good God, man, that Edwards, uh, whatever, Elair, whatever that kid's name is, they're running back. He's going to have a field day. And Joe Burrow, he's going to have I disagree. I think defensively Ole Miss is strong enough to be able to hold up against the run. Now, I am fascinated to watch that defensive backfield for Ole Miss try to stop or slow down Joe Burrow. I think they'll get some penetration. They might get a few sacks. I like Mike McIntyre's been able to do with uh, with you know what he has, which isn't a lot, but he's been able to do it. I don't know, man. Um, Lakia Henry, legit. Sam Williams, legit. Benito's been a monster this year. Yeah, 
yeah, Jacquez no, Jones had a really good year. They got some got talent on that defensive side of the ball. But Ben, did you did you watch what LSU did to yeah. Alabama? Yeah, I did. this Edwards. I'm telling you, dude, this running back Edwards Elair. I think he's. I think the world of him. He's so good, man. Yeah, he's he's like a bowling ball. I mean, it's it's incredible watching him run. If you could start an NFL franchise with Joe Burrow or Tua Tagliavoa, which one are you starting it with? Whew, that's a great question. You know, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, Joe Burrow has been awesome this year. I still don't know, like, exactly what to think of him. Tua, like, you know if he's healthy, you're going to get some good stuff from him. You know, I, I think I'd still still say Tua. Tua as I a Cincinnati Bengal under Zach Taylor? Oof. Why'd you go there? They're the first team right now lined up for the number one pick. Why did you have to go there? Uh, the Bengals. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I don't know who's going to save the Bengals. Tua, I don't know. He could change that franchise. I think it depends on all depends on the type of offense you have. You look at LSU this year, getting that. Remember, I, the beginning of the year, dude, I told you LSU was going to be really, really good. And I told you this this passing game coordinator they got from um, New Orleans is going to make the world of, uh, you know, a, You're right. a big difference. And, Absolutely and right. He did. Yeah, he did. So, yep. Bunky Perkins gets all of the credit because Bunky Perkins had a great prediction. He said, I asked him, if you had to pick an SEC player of the year, and this was before the year, before any of this, a preseason player of the year, you had to predict one, not named Tua, who would it be? And he went with Joe Burrow, and he defended him. And damn it if Bunky wasn't right on. Bunky knows everybody, huh? (laughs) I guess. My boy Bunky. Bunky just knows people because every time I – Every time I'm I'm on Twitter, like he's talking about how he knows so and so, and I'm like, oh, Bunky, Bunky isn't shy about telling you who his friends are. He says it very subtly and very humbly, but you want to say Bunky? That's a name drop. Yeah, no, big time. Yeah. Um, before we go, I, I know after the Auburn game, you were starting to fall in love with that Orgeron. Where are you at now after the uh, Roll Tide fu comment in the locker room? I'm all in. I think, I think I'm all in as well, man. God, I hate it. I hate myself. I, I hate myself. I was working for Ole Miss Sports Information when the news came down that Ed Orgeron had been fired or that Ole Miss was going to fire him. I was one of the first people to know that he was getting fired because I got called that Saturday morning after the Egg Bowl. I had to write the release for Ole Miss Sports Information that Ole Miss was firing Ed Orgeron. I was devastated. I believed truly, because of his recruiting, that Ed Orgeron was going to be a successful head coach at some point. But then, because I'm friends with a lot of former players, all have been on this podcast countless times, and they all told me the horror stories, which completely turned my opinion of Ed Orgeron. I said, okay, I was wrong. Ed Orgeron was never going to be successful at Ole Miss, but I believed in Ed Orgeron. I was one of those people that wanted him to get another year, but then I began to hate him, and damn it if he hasn't become what I thought he was going to become at Ole Miss at some point. Do I think it ever would have happened at Ole Miss? No, no, but it's happened. He's one of the better coaches in college football, and it sucks. <laughs> it is what it is, Ben. It is what it is. It's like watching Tuberville leave and, and create a monster somewhere else. Now, Tuberville was actually successful, but Ole Miss fans are used to it. The day uh, will come again. When we Ole can't Miss talk did. about Tommy Tuberville right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's. Yeah. I don't yeah. want yeah. to speak anymore on it, actually. No. I well, will say I completely disagree with you about John Rice Plumley being able to throw the ball down the field because I don't think we know if he can throw the ball down the field because Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke won't let him throw the ball down the field. They don't open up the middle of the field. They don't use the screen action game. They don't use play action. They use nothing. What would make him good, they don't do that with him, so he's still a complete unknown. We don't know. He's not a 
traditional passer to where you can run four wide receivers, different route trees, and expect John Rice Plumley to make the right decision and pick the best option in which to distribute the football. We don't know that. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen rub routes that get guys open that allow John Rice to make some easy passes. We haven't seen the middle of the field utilized in any form or fashion against competent teams. Ole Miss has lost every winnable game, and part of that has to do with the fact that they've obviously gone all in on John Rice. Matt Corral's going to leave at the end of the year, most likely. And yet, if he's the future, if he's the program, why are you not trying to see what he is as a passer? You know what he it, is as a runner. It is a shame that they haven't done all that. In the limited stuff I've seen, that, that's why I speak on John Rice. I mean, that's all I can do, you know, make judgments based on what they've been able to let him do. I will say this, and this this may be a stretch. Do you remember K.J. Jefferson, the kid from uh, from Sardis, North Panola? Yes, and he wants to transfer to Ole Miss right now. Does he? Yes. Okay. Okay. I See, I didn't even know this, but I watched that kid play that only one drive against Mississippi State that Arkansas let him play a couple weeks ago. And Ben, he was damn good. He made an amazing throw. He ran the football in his first play. I think gained like 16 yards. That kid, to me, is who I want at quarterback at Ole Miss. I think John Rice has the potential to be great. I haven't given up on John Rice. But if I'm you have, saying. you're dumb. Options. Options. John Rice with Jerion and Snoop. Robbie Ashford backing him up, playing his four games but redshirting, being the future. You know what you're going to be. You have to let him throw the ball. Be comfortable letting him throw the ball. Could KJ Jefferson come to Ole Miss, though? Do they want him? They don't know yet. What's the rule on if your coach gets fired? Do you still have to sit out a year if you transfer? The NCAA is so wishy-washy on whether or not kids can play immediately. I don't know. KJ Jefferson, 6'3", 211 pounds. Oh, Look God. him up, guys, if you don't there know you him. Suda Upadea, fanboying for KJ Jefferson now. <laughs> yeah. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. Works for Channel 5 in Memphis. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. Also, I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and the food of 247 Sports. It's always fun, my friend. Thanks for coming back on. We'll do it again. Love you, Benjamin. Have a great day.